At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. It is Monday evening, so we got Monday night football upon us, and it's been quite the intriguing game to see all the line movements occur from when it was posted up till now. We're getting a lot of late movement. We'll talk about that momentarily, but just to preview the rest of the show for the next hour, we have in 15 minutes to look forward to Will Hill, host of the New York City Cats. He will be previewing this game, some of the top matchups that he's looking forward to already for NFL Week 13, and we'll talk some New York sports betting action as well. We got to with our guy, Will. He's the expert over there on the East Coast. So that'll come in about 15 minutes. We'll also squeeze in a little bit of college football with Will, if time is permitting. Speaking of college football, half hour from now, the man who's been crushing it this season and typically does, how about Kenny White, sports betting analyst at KennyWhiteSports.com. He'll preview some of the top conference championship games, looking ahead to some of those futures, and we got to ask him about the Big Ten Conference Championship game here in the Midwest region. Certainly we're curious about it. Somehow, some way, Iowa finds themselves in there, and Michigan, defeating all the odds, beats Ohio State. They're a 10.5-point favorite, so excited to discuss all of that with Kenny in about a half hour. End of the show. Since it's a primetime game, you know how we roll. We'll be talking about all the top props in Prop Shelf. 
for tonight's game. And a couple that I really like, and I also wanted to kind of note out some of them that have seen significant movements, a lot of movements regarding about three players specifically. So I did just want to throw out where they started, where they've moved to, and where they're on track to end up at. So we'll touch on that at the end of the show in about 45 minutes. But let's get you squared up with those updated lines, talk about where it opened, where it currently resides for Monday Night Football. Seattle on the road taking on the Washington football team. And as it sits right now at Bat River, Seattle is a point-and-a-half favorite. They're minus 121 on the money line. Washington, you're finally getting plus money on the money line, plus 106. This total is at 47, slightly shaded to the over, minus 113. Originally, this thing opened up three and a half at the very early opening lines in favor of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, but no faith in Seattle because it came down to as far as Washington being a point favorite in some spots. Then it's slowly been matriculating back towards Seattle, and just as of late, you've seen the movement go toward the Seahawks. It was pretty much a pick em, then Seattle minus one, and now the late movement is pushing up the Seahawks to minus one and a half. This total got as high as 48. I mean, it opened there, but then it came down to 47. I even saw 46 and a half. Started going back up, barely touched 48. Kind of stayed steady at 47 and a half. And now at Bet Rivers, like we mentioned, it's at 47. And personally, that's where my interests lie in terms of betting this whole game. I know a lot of people are looking to back the Washington football team here, and I don't really disagree with that take. I think Seattle's kind of a mess right now. You're getting a Washington football team that's riding momentum with some impressive dubs the last couple of games as an underdog against the Bucks and then the Panthers. And now you're at home. NFC East potentially even more wide open. And just, again, you're getting better play from both sides of the ball. And Seattle on the other side has been quite the opposite. Despite the return of Russell Wilson, the offense has just been non-existent. So uh, I do lean Washington, but the play for the overall scope of the game for myself is going to be under 47. And I was always kind of trending in this direction and finally committed today. You look at the Seahawks, I mean, their over-under record, if you have the number at 47, would be 2-7-1 this season. Washington's actually gone over it in 6 out of 10 games, but the last couple of games, the football team, their defense has improved vastly. And if you subscribe to VEASAN, and if you don't, of course, always do, VSIN.com slash subscribe. Adam Burke is always writing up great articles. And what he mentioned in today's section where you look at the best bets for Monday Night Football he mentioned some good things. I mean, the Seahawks are 31st in third down conversion rate on offense, ninth in third down defense. Conversely, on the other side, Washington 17th in third down offense, but dead last in the NFL in third down defense. So they really cross each other out kind of perfectly in this game. And the football team's offense, 31st in red zone touchdown percentage. Seattle's defense actually red zone defensive efficiency is top five. So I'm not expecting this to be a higher-scoring game. Again, Seattle's offense has not been great. Their defense against the run ain't too shabby against the pass. That's where they're a little bit liable. But I just think it's going to be a slower, typical kind of underscoring primetime game that we've been accustomed to. Yeah, it's been going back and forth with where this total's been moving. But I played under 47, and you could still play that right now at Bet River. So that's my one bet for the full game regarding spread money line total. Only playing the total and playing it under 47. Let's take a look 
as we always do with those first half betting angles to kick things off with my better half where we always dive in the spread money line total and other intricate props when it comes to these prime time games let's begin with the first half three-way selection where the tie is integrated in this spot so the seahawks even money for the first half money line the tie plus 1050 and washington plus 105 you can also select the tie no bet where if it is tied going into the second half, you would get your money back. However, you're not getting as good a value as you would with the first half three-way selection. But in the tie no bet, Seattle's minus 114, Washington minus 109. Spread for the first half, Seattle's laying a point and a half. Washington is catching it. And if you want to take the point and a half with Washington, you're laying a hefty price of minus 139. This season, first half money line, Washington not great, 3-6-1. As for Seattle, they are 4-5-1 on the first half money line. Now, if you look more toward the spread, if the Seahawks were laying a point and a half in every single first half, they would be 4-6 against the spread. But if you look at the other side, if Washington was catching a point and a half in every first half game, they would also be 4-6 against the spread. When it's a close game like this for the entire game of the spread, virtually a pick em. I know it's a point and a half now, but it was there for a while. Unless you completely have a great read on this game, I don't, I don't see a betting opportunity or value-wise in picking a winner for this first half. Because, again, it's really a tough game to gauge. Is Washington going to come out here keep riding that momentum train? Are they actually a team that is taking improvements? Or is it almost a time to fade them because how well they've been playing the past couple weeks? And on the flip side, is it a buy-low spot on Seattle because of how bad they've been struggling? I'm having a tough time figuring it out. If you told me both sides, I probably could understand each argument. I mean, Russell Wilson, hard to ignore him, is such a small favorite in this spot against, again, a Washington team that, yes, has looked good the past couple games, but before that, completely different conversations surrounding him. So a lot to consider when not only betting the full game, but the first half when it's so pretty just tight-knit in terms of the spread and money line. Let's take a gander into the scoring with the total points for the first half. 23.5 is the number listed right now at Bet Rivers. The overs minus 106, under minus 114. And like we typically do, if we applied this to every first half for each respective team, Seattle would have an over-under record of 3-7, and seven, meaning seven unders they would have hit out of their 10 games. The first three games went over 23.5 first half points, but all of the next seven consecutive games have stayed under. Again, Seattle's defense I still don't think is great, but they haven't been awful to say the least. It's their offense that has been the concern, as we know. Washington on the other side, their over-under record is 5-5 five and five this season if we put the first half total, each one at 23.5. Now, it's tricky in this spot, and you would think because I said, well, full game under, automatically first half under. You know, you could have that line of thinking, but I'm not completely sold on that because Seattle, offensively in the first half, they're only averaging 10.5 first half points per game, which is 19th in the NFL. And even better defensively, they're allowing opponents just nine first half points per game, which is fifth. The issue here is the Washington football team. How can we trust them defensively? Because in the first half, they're allowing opponents 14.1 first half points per game. That ranks 29th in the National Football League. Offensively, they're not doing too bad. I mean, they're putting up 11.6 points per game themselves, which ranks 16th. So it's kind of hard to get a gauge on it. If you want to look further into it with the individual totals, Washington football team is at 10.5. They've gone over this mark in 7 out of 10 games, but Seattle has only allowed opponents over this mark in 3 out of 10 games. Other side, Seattle, total points in the first half is 11.5. 
They have only gone over that four times this season, but Washington has allowed opponents over this mark in six out of ten games. I'm not necessarily in love with any of the first-half betting options, but I probably would have a slight lean to the under considering I do for the full game, but I'm just not sure what defensive performance we are going to get out of Washington. And on the other side, what offense are we going to get out of Russell Wilson? So nothing strong enough for me to officially play it, but would still lean toward the under is probably my top play in the first half. All right, before we move on here like we typically do, I wanted to kind of throw out a couple other random game props. And we like to do those kicking points ones, and there could be a decent selection here with our guy Joey Slice. Not really our guy, but his last name's Slice, so it's kind of cool. But six and a half is his kicking points, shaded to the under minus 124. I'm looking over for Slice. Now, he's played on three different teams this year, as odd as that is, but overall with all three teams, he's averaging 7.8 kicking points per game. And in two games with the Washington football team, he's averaging 10 points. He's gotten 11 and 9, respectively. Overall, he's gone over this mark in four out of eight games, but each of his last three spots, he's done it. The big thing here is that Washington's red zone efficiency ranks 31st. We, we mentioned that. I mean, they're awful. They're only getting a touchdown in the red zone 47% of the time. No bueno. And Seattle on the other side, top five in red zone defensive efficiency, only allowing opponents to get a touchdown 50% of the time. So you know what that means. More field goals presumably for Washington, more points if he can make them for Joey Sly. So uh, also Seattle on average, their, their opposing kickers are getting about seven points per game. So if you want to kind of venture into that area, take a consideration with Joey Sly over six and a half points minus 106. And another random prop kind of to, you know, if it interests you, anytime touchdown scorer, we always like to throw one out. J.D. McKissick plus 225. We're going to be talking about him later. But he's got two touchdowns this year, one receiving, one rushing. Seattle's allowed 14 passing touchdowns, nine rushing. But they're terrible in the passing game against running backs, allowing running backs seven catches for over 70 receiving yards per game. They like to go to McKissick in that short dump-off kind of passing game. Plus 225 could be a decent look for anytime touchdown score. More on this game next. Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast, talks this game and much more. Stick around. It is Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams. Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and now New York. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast and you get hooked up five times a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And look, speaking of the city cast, I host the Chicago one, which you can always get and hear me rant about how awful all of Chicago sports are, barring the Bulls as at this point. They got a big game tonight, Ball Brothers matching up. But also another great city cast you can get a hold of, the New York City cast. And it's a pleasure to welcome on the host right now, Will Hill, at not the Will Hill on the tweets. Will appreciates you hopping on as always. All right, you know, it's kind of a stinker, but a lot of these primetime games have been exactly that. Do you see a betting opportunity? Monday Night Football, Seattle on the road with Washington. Right now, Seahawks up to one and a half. Total has settled at about 47. What you thinking out there on the East Coast, my friend? Yeah, I'm seeing at one and a half, and I think there's some two and a half offshore starting to pop up. Might be getting in territory where you just have to on principle tease Washington. Uh, I actually lean Washington this game. Since Wilson's come back, he's just looked so bad. Uh, 19 possessions, one touchdown. I mean, that's one touchdown in 19 possessions against Green Bay, against Arizona. They actually gave up 435 yards to Arizona. And that's not Arizona with Murray. That's not Arizona with Hopkins. That's Colt McCoy and, you know, the second, third string receivers. So the defense has been bad. Wilson's been bad. Uh, Eileen Washington here just kind of feels like this is coming to an end here. This Wilson-Pete Carroll duo. You feel like, you know what, six weeks from now, once the season ends, either one of them or both of them are going to be out. You feel like it's a new regime coming. It just kind of, you know, it's been a decade or so with these two guys. You feel like, you know what, uh, Carroll's a little archaic in his ways, the play calling, conservative game management. Uh, Wilson might want a different home. It just feels like this is the end here of a run for, for Seattle. So I lean Washington plus the one and a half. And I think that's a pretty good teaser piece as well if you're getting that one and a half through the three, through the seven. Yeah, I'm right there with you, too. I mean, it's not going to shock us if we see vintage Russ because this Washington team before these past two games 
were looking like a dumpster fire. And now you're kind of seeing that out of Seattle, Will. So I feel like this is one of those games that, yeah, the right side feels like Washington. But honestly, whatever happens, who's ever victorious, I don't think is going to shock most people unless it's a blowout one way or the other. I also got to ask you about this total, though. That's actually where I jumped in. I played under 47. I'm thinking it could yeah. be kind of an uglier, slower type of game. Are, are you thinking that could be the case, or are you looking for it to maybe have more points? Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, we know Pete Carroll, to a fault, a lot of times loves that running game. So especially he likes the running game when Wilson's playing well. Uh, Wilson hasn't played well the past couple of weeks, so you could definitely see a scenario where he hands it off first down, hands it off second down. You know, that uses a lot of clock. They don't have an explosive run game. You know, they're relying on Alex Collins of the world, who's, who's been around the league, bounced around everywhere. So, and then on the other side, Ron Rivera is a defensive coach too. You don't know, you know, how much does he really trust Taylor Heineke? So these defensive coaches, these old school guys tend to be more conservative run game. You know, they're, they're happy to punt fourth and two from the 50 and pin you at your 14, which is good for an under, as opposed to these newer school, uh, more modern coaches like Staley and, and Harbaugh and a lot of these guys where, Look, fourth and, two, fourth and two, fourth and three, doesn't bother us. We're going to line up. We're going to go for it, which is bad for your over because either they get it and they're in position to score or they don't get it and the other team's in position to score. So uh, I think you're definitely onto something here with, with the under and maybe look at uh, one of those props, no score for six minutes because you could see a little bit of a feeling out process early. Yeah, I kind of like that too. I actually haven't gone back to those. I used to do those a lot, but they're always so volatile. But this could be the perfect game for that. So keep an eye out for that prop as well. Uh, well, let, let's talk about another game that might feature a lack of scoring as well, and that's going to be the Jets and the Eagles. We know Jalen Hurts a little bit shaken up. Who knows if he's going to go this week? Zach Wilson was even a little bit banged up. This line was seven, and then after the Hurts news came out, dipped to six and a half in favor of Philly on the road. Totals at 45 and a half. I mean, this one just seems so ugly, but at the same time, after what we saw with Philly, and it's not that I trust the Jets, but it's more so that I'm not all in on the Eagles here. Do you see value in taking points with the Jets? Yeah, I actually took the points with the Giants yesterday. I don't trust the Eagles. I don't trust them as a favorite. Uh, I would actually lean with the Eagles here. The under might be a better play because, if, you know, I watched both of these teams. I went back and rewatched the Jets play. Zach Wilson's been so bad. Uh, he completed 14 forward passes yesterday. Jalen Hurts completed 14 forward passes yesterday, three interceptions, didn't have over 100 yards until late in the game. So maybe the under is the better play. But I just think this Jets offense, if you look at it, you could say, oh, all right, well, Zach Wilson, he doesn't have the weapons. With Zach Wilson, this team's averaging 250 yards of offense per game. In the other game, so that's Joe Flacco, Mike White, Josh Johnson, they're averaging 460 yards of offense per game. Uh, I think Philly's pretty good on defense. I don't see the Jets cracking you know, 10, 13 points, I think would be a stretch here. Uh, for the Jets, so you know, I, I think they'll be able, the Eagles will be able to run the ball on New York. Uh, that's really their bread and butter now. They become a running team, so you know, I, I would still lean Philly here. I think the under is probably the better play, but I just see like a 23-10, 24-10 type of game for the Eagles. And look, they let one get away yesterday because everything's right in front of them. They got a pretty easy schedule going forward, and uh, boy, that's a bat, that's a tough loss. Jay, uh, Jalen Rager just let the ball go through his hands twice in the last minute, but I do think they bounce back here against the Jets. Yeah, we feel for our guy Ryan Rothstein finally getting his hopes up to maybe making the playoffs with the easy schedule, and then they fall victim to the Giants. It's just brutal all around. Uh, Will, really quick, because I know you want to talk about another game, but I got to ask you about the Giants and the Dolphins here. As ugly of a game as this is, I'm actually kind of interested in it because, look, the Dolphins, great performance against the Panthers. Giants, I'm still not sold on them whatsoever. And you're seeing Miami minus 2.5 here. This total is low as 42. 
How do you handicap this one at all? I mean, I, you may not be involved in it, but if you had to, which way would you lean? I would probably lean Miami. Now, they've kind of found something. You know, they win game one uh, of the season in New England. Good win. You figure both those teams, New England and Miami, are going to be good. Remember, Miami was, was a coin toss to make the playoffs in terms of the market. Nine, nine and a half in terms of the season win total. They're 1-0. They beat New England. You're all excited about them. They lose their next seven in a row, and they look like, you know, one of the three or four worst teams in the league. They've kind of gotten it going here. They've won three in a row. Waddle looks like the next star. And, man, some of these teams, there's just wide receivers all over the league. You'll see one tonight in McLaurin. Seems like uh, even Metcalf and Lockett. It seems like every one of these teams has has one or two receivers you really like. And uh, I just think Miami's in a pretty good groove right now. They found something here with Tua with the short passing game. Now he does have some limitations in terms of athletic ability, in terms of arm strength. But look, you're completing eighty percent of your passes and you're winning games. That's uh, that's not nothing. That's at least something where you, know, you can hang your head on it. So I just think Miami still have uh, another game with the jets they got the, the giants this week they're really not out of it if they can get to 9 and 8 it's not impossible that they can flirt with one of those wild card spots man yeah that'd be something based on what we saw at the beginning stages of the of this yeah. season and look that's just been the story of the NFL this year i mean it's been impossible to get well, a gauge on every individual yeah, look, it, it, it's nuts. But, uh, Will, before we move on to college football really quick, I know you got some thoughts on the Texans and Colts here. Indy, eight-and-a-half-point favorite here. Is that too much, or do we see a bounce back from Carson, uh, Carson Wentz and company? I think this line's a little short. You know, you look at the stat sheet yesterday. He turned the ball over a few, a few times. One of those is a Hail Mary. Another one, he threw a decent pass. It's a jump ball to his 6'4 receiver, Pittman. Winfield on Tampa, who's like 5'8", 5'9", jumps up and steals it from really wasn't on Wentz. Uh, another one, his lineman, I think it was Eric Fisher, whiffed on a block uh, for a strip sack. So he's done a pretty good job protect, protecting the ball. Uh, and, you know, the stat sheet yesterday was misleading. To me, the Texans are just dreadful. They led the Jets 14-3 yesterday. Jets ran off 18 points in a row. Uh, Texans were under four yards per play against the Jet defense that was dead last in the league in yards per play. Uh, there is not much to like about this Texans team. Uh, they've actually been okay under Taylor, but every time you look at Taylor's stats, his QBR is way down there. This is just a dreadful, dreadful football team in Houston. Indy at 6-6. Six and six. They're not going to overlook anybody. They need every one of these wins like blood, so they're not in the position where they're going to take their foot off the gas. So uh, I think Indy gets back on track. To me, this 8.5 is a little short. All right, Will, before we let you go, 30 seconds, college football, Georgia, Alabama, Bulldogs, about a seven, seven and a half point favorite. It's where we've kind of seen them at with a total of 51. How you betting this one? Yeah, it's tough to lay the hook. I'm going to take Georgia. I just don't think that Alabama can block Georgia. If you can't block Auburn, which they can't, I don't see how you block Georgia. I think Georgia's got revenge on their mind. They can finally get over the hump. I actually had Auburn money line plus 800 the other day. I'm still trying to figure out how I lost that game. I am so bitter. Who coaches Auburn? That guy is a bozo. Just sneak for a yard. My goodness, just brutal. But uh, I, I lean towards Georgia here. I think they finally get over the hump. Yeah, I, actually, I stand correct. I mean, this line's coming down to six and a half, so you could get it under the key number yeah. of seven if you think the Bulldogs could roll here. But, oh, my goodness, you're on Auburn. I am sorry, Will. That is a brutal loss, my Me friend. Too. My my <laughs> my buddy who's a Notre Dame fan was crying the whole night because he wanted Auburn to win that so bad. I was like, you know what? Should have beat Cincinnati. That's on you guys. But <laughs> that's how college football goes sometimes. Uh, Will, we are up against it. Always love having you on, my friend. Look forward to more CityCast episodes this week. Keep up the great work. All right, talk to you, DB. Thank you. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You got it, folks. Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Again, host of the New York City cast, talking all things New York, Nets, Knicks, Jets, Giants. You got it. He's got you hooked up 
five episodes a week. Coming up next, talking more college football. How about Kenny White? He talks some of the biggest plays coming up this week and beyond right here on Russia. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSN Cyber Monday offer is here, and right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive $20 worth of credit to the VSN store. So get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data. For the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. But you got to hurry because it is a limited time offer. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Danny Burke, your host. As always, broadcasting live just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, to be exact, out of the Bet River Sportsbook, anticipating a very fun week of NFL, but even more so college football. we got to get our main man, Kenny White, on, who has been killing it this season, and I know he's got early thoughts on the big conference championship game. So, Kenny, as always, thank you for joining us this evening. Let's start out with the big one. Georgia, Alabama. This line has come down to six and a half, still in favor of Georgia, of course. And, you know, this total flirting about 51 is where we've been seeing it. But uh, what are your early thoughts on this game? Where did you have the number? And has it been surprising to you based on the movement? Yeah, this game I had uh, higher, you know, four or five weeks ago. Um, um, I thought this number would come out six and a half or seven. And was three at one point, was bet up to four. And then after this past weekend, you know, skyrocketed up to six and a half and uh, uh, six, six and a half in that range. I think it'll get to seven. Uh, my new number now is eight and a half, Danny. Um, George, George is just, their defense is just incredible, uh, allowing just 6.9 points a game on median, which I like better. Rounds off to seven points per game. The most they've given up is 17 to any one team. Uh, Stetson Bennett, their quarterback, is getting better each and every week, averaging 10.8 yards per pass. Uh, he's got a great backfield, got a great offensive line in front of him. Now, Alabama, we know, is extremely solid football team, 12th best offensively and 8th best on the defensive side. But this isn't those Alabama championship football teams we're used to. Georgia is a championship football team. I think they win this game in cover. All right, what about the Big Ten then? I mean, obviously here in the Midwest, we're very interested in this game, or we were going to be, and then somehow Iowa snuck their way in there. I mean, the Big Ten West was just a crapshoot this whole season, so it was kind of be it was going to be kind of a you know not fun game maybe regardless. But how about Michigan? You got to give credit where credit's due. They went out there at home, took care of business against the Buckeyes. Now they get Iowa, and they're a ten and a half point favorite. Total is 43 and a half. I, I was talking to my producer and I'm like, look, I don't really love anything right now, but I'm kind of waiting for an Iowa team total bet to come out and might have to jump in on the under. But what kind of tempo, what kind of play style are you envisioning out of both of these teams? Yeah, they both love to run the football. Uh, both teams are pretty methodical as well. So I'm expecting a very fast game. Keep that clock running and uh, get out of there. I, I like the game under the total for that fact. Uh, Michigan's defense looked tremendous against Ohio State. Uh, uh, they allow less than 200 yards passing, and that's going to be a problem for Iowa. They don't throw the ball that well. 
at home, they're much better than they are on the road. Um, so yeah, this is this is a game where I think the defenses take over. That's been Iowa's calling card all season long. Uh, they've made their way through this point on turnovers. They're plus 13 on the year. Don't think that happens in this game. I think the line is just right at 10 and a half, but I do like the under 43 and a half. All right, let's talk about another game where your interests lie with the total. How about Baylor and Oklahoma State? Now, the spread has Oklahoma State minus four and a half, but this total is listed at 46 and a half. What you thinking for this matchup? Yeah, it's funny. I was just looking at the screen before I came on the show and I saw Pinnacle and Bet Online both took the game down. Uh, and I was worried maybe that was Jerry Bohannon. Maybe Bohannon's not going to play, or maybe there's talk that there's a possibility of him. He's doubtful now, but both have just since put the line back up uh, five and a half and 46 and a half. So I think Bohannon looks like he will play. Uh, Dave Aranda said he could have played last week if needed. Um, I'm I'm on this total. I'm on this under. Uh, and it's all about defense. Oklahoma State's defense, top five in the uh, country. Baylor's defense, number 12. Uh, outstanding against the run and the pass. Um, Spencer Sanders, his numbers have kind of declined a little bit. And at home, Spencer Sanders completes 8.3 yards per pass. On the road, just 6.6. His pass percentage down 4% in his road games. And for the year, yards per pass, Sanders in September, 8.2, October 7.6, November just 7.1. The opponents have caught on to Oklahoma State's scheme and have been able to slow down Spencer Sanders, and Baylor will definitely be able to do that. Oak State's defense steps up here. Uh, Baylor's D allows 19.4, Oklahoma State's 16.4. So, yeah, I'm under 47 here. All right, then I know you had some thoughts on the San Diego State and Utah State game. What are you thinking here with the spread at 5.5 in favor of the Aztecs? Total we're seeing at 50.5. It is shaded to the over slightly, minus 117. But what are we expecting in this game? Yeah, I I think this total uh, ends up going up, or not the total, the side. I think San Diego State closes 7 here. They should get the money. That's the right side. I like San Diego State. I made them 11 in the game. Um, I only gave three for home field. I think they do draw well since it is a championship game. Uh, Brady Hoke made a great decision last week, brought in Jordan Brookshire off the bench. Brookshire goes 11 for 15, 192 yards and a touchdown versus Boise in a game that Boise was completely dominating for almost uh, a quarter and a third, almost up to the half, and San Diego State completely turned things around. They allowed 13 points the first 20 minutes of the game and allowed a goose egg of the last 40 minutes of that football game. So the defense made their adjustments. The offense made theirs. This is the first meeting between these two teams this year. Um, Blake Anderson for Utah State does a great job. He's taken uh, six or seven, yeah, six bowl, six bowl, six teams, six out of his seven teams to a bowl game now. So guy's an excellent football coach, did a good job with this team, but He's up against the team who I thought was the best team in the conference all year long, and that's San Diego State. All right, Kenny, let's go out to the West Coast by you. Talk some more Pac-12 here. Not more Pac-12, but let's talk Pac-12 with those West Coast teams. You and I, well, I know after talking to you, I followed you on it. We're on Utah against Oregon a couple weeks ago, and Utah goes out there, and they stomp them down at home. And now you're seeing this game, and Utah is only laying two and a half. This total is 59 and a half. This is such an intriguing game because of what just happened, yet the line is only two and a half. How the heck do you bet this one? 
Yeah, you know, I think that's because people are going to use the revenge factor that Oregon lost that game and maybe Utah comes out a little flat because they won 38-7 and that was at home. Now it's at a neutral. But Kyle Winningham's too good of a coach. His team will be ready. They know they know what's at stake. They know what's on the line for this game and they want to play in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Winningham is 33-18 and 18 ATS last six years. I, I talked about that the first time these two played. Big coaching mismatch. You know what, I had to upgrade Utah. Utah is as good or if not better than Oregon right now, and that's obviously why the line is the way it is. But when you have the coaching mismatch, winning him over Cristobal, that's the big part. Anthony Brown, the quarterback for Oregon, uh, night and day, home and away. Now, this is a neutral, but it's still away from home. At home, 72% completions. On the road, 56. 8.7 yards a pass at home, just 6.8 on the road. At home, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And on the road, four touchdowns, four interceptions. The numbers are staggering. At home, he's four points better than the average college quarterback. On the road, he's four points lower than the average college quarterback. So big difference there. I like the game under the total. It was 38-7 the first time around. I think uh, Utah's defense will be just as good. Oregon scores 11 less points away from home than they do on the road. So yeah, I'm leaning to Utah in the game, not as big as I was the first time around, uh, but I do like the under 60. I like it. All right, Kenny. We appreciate it as always. Enjoy your week. Best luck with all your plays heading into this weekend. Always appreciate your insight and plays, and thank you for joining us on this Monday evening, my friend. My pleasure, Danny. Thanks for having me on the show, and yeah, enjoy the week as well. You got it. Kenny White, as you can follow him on Twitter at KYDVegas. More info, bets, analysis. KennyWhiteSports.com. He provides it all year round. He's been crushing it, like we always say in college football. And look, I, I like his take in that Oregon-Utah game. I mean, a spot like this is always so tough to gauge because, again, you know, you just saw Utah stomp him out a couple weeks ago. And, you know, everybody's going to be like, why are they only two and a half? I want to bet them. And then sometimes it doesn't come to fruition because of that revenge angle. But what he makes notice of, which is a very important point, the head coaching difference that's what he talked about two weeks ago and that's why we followed him on that play and you saw what happened I mean Utah went out there as a better team and you just heard him really preach out all of those discrepancies in terms of the home and road splits it is neutral site but still different than playing at home so something to ponder there maybe don't overthink it too much Utah the better coach in this game just better overall prep for facing a team like Oregon that many people have not been sold on consistently this season. So uh, we'll talk more college football tomorrow. I typically start playing some of those on Tuesdays, so we'll get a little bit more into that manana. But tonight, before we head out, let's get into prop shell. Top props for Monday night football, some of my favorite plays, and we'll talk about the biggest line movements in the region of props. So stick around, much more to go before we wrap up Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bed River Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same-game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. One AAA, 532-3500. In Virginia, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey is Play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen, right here on Rush Hour. We're going over all the top props for Monday Night Football, Seahawks, Washington football team. Let's get right into it with some Prop Shelf, where we discuss my favorite props for the game, whether it's ones I'm playing, ones I have strong leans on, things you should consider, and the biggest line movements with some props. So let's jump right into it, starting with J.D. McKissick. Now, I tweeted about this, you know, a little bit earlier in the day, fearing that the line would move, and it did in some spots, but for the most part, you're getting his receiving yards at 27.5 for J.D. McKissick, and the over is minus 117, under minus 112. 
Now, as of this point, McKissick, where he's been involved heavily, has been in the receiving game for a running back. I mean, Antonio Gibson gets the job done on the ground, but McKissick has been very valuable in terms of the passing game. And it's a very favorable matchup for McKissick because, on average, Seattle is one of the worst teams in defending the passing game against opposing tailbacks, allowing them seven receptions for over 70 receiving yards per game. And on average, when you look at what he's been able to do, he's getting about four catches on five targets for 37 receiving yards per game. Remember, receiving yards prop is 27 and a half. He's gone over that in six out of 10 games this year, and more importantly, the last four out of five. You look at Seattle, ground game, defensively, they're actually not too shabby. They rank ninth in DVOA run defense, but 25th in DVOA pass defense. So again, over 73 receiving yards to running backs per game. JD, that's where he's featured most. He lead, or He's second in the team in targets with overall about 48. So you got to think he's going to be featured in that tonight against the Seahawks team. So I love him over his receiving yards, and I play JD McKissick over 27 and a half receiving yards. Now, another bet that I think could be valuable to play, and, and I took a little piece of it. I didn't go too crazy because the line was kind of getting out of hand in terms of the odds, but his receptions was at three and a half. I took a little piece of that. Again, he's averaging four catches on about five targets per game. He's gone over this mark in six out of ten games, four of the last five. It's directly correlated with his receiving yards. Every time he's gotten at least four or more, he's gone over 27 and a half. So if you think that's going to be the same case scenario, then look to bet over three and a half receptions and 27 and a half receiving yards for J.D. McKissick. Let's talk about Taylor Heineke now. Uh, look, seldom would I want to bet over with Heineke in his prop markets, but I think there is actually a good reason to do so tonight. First, let's talk about his pass completions, then we'll move on to his pass attempts where I do have an official play. But a strong lean with his pass completions over 21 and a half. Not official play, but a lean. Because as of this point, you know, Heineke, if you take out the Los Angeles Chargers game where he played half of it because that's when Fitzpatrick went out, if you took out that game, on average, he's getting 23 completions per contest, and he would have gone over 21 and a half completions in six out of nine games. Looking at his opponent tonight, Seattle, they're allowing opponents to complete 27 passes per game. That ranks second to last, 31st in the NFL. Seattle also allowing opponents to complete over 66% of passes. That ranks 19th in the NFL. Every opposing team, except for the Saints, has had their quarterback eclipse this mark of 21.5 pass completions, so Jameis Winston, the only quarterback to not get over it. The reason I'm not playing this one over is because, I don't know, it's a little bit tougher because you always got to rely on the, team, uh, on the teammates to make the catches, of course, and I don't know, I just I have a little bit more faith in his pass attempt struggling to the over with completions so I like his pass attempts over 32 and a half minus 114 he's averaging 33 per game but again if we were to take out the Los Angeles Chargers game the real number would be him averaging 35 passing attempts per game and he would have gone over this in six out of nine games once again Seattle is getting thrown on over 40 times per game which is now dead last instead of second to last it's dead last 32nd if they're trailing, which the line is, you know, trickling towards Seattle, then they're going to have to throw the ball more. Seattle's got a decent run defense, expose the secondary, pass the ball more, and that's what I think Heineke is going to do. And every opposing quarterback facing Seattle has gone over 32.5 pass attempts. So my official play for Taylor Heineke is over 32.5 pass attempts. And then I did the J.D. McKissick over 27.5 receiving yards and a little sprinkle over 3.5 receptions. So those are the official prop plays that I did place a bet on.
But let me also talk about another couple selections that I think you should consider tonight. So I mentioned how bad Seattle has been in terms of defending the passing game for opposing tailbacks. But we also got to consider Antonio Gibson then because his numbers are very short compared to McKissick. Granted, he's not as involved as McKissick is in the passing game, but his receiving yards is still worth to really point out. I mean, 10.5 is a number very low. I mean, that really only takes one good catch to get over it. And he's averaging 16 receiving yards per game as Gibson, and he's gone over 10.5 receiving yards in 6 out of 10 contests. Now, another number that, look, it, it's a good spot in terms of where it's listed, but in terms of the odds, not really worth the play in my mind. But if you don't care about laying it, consider his receptions over one and a half at Bet Rivers. Minus 150 is the over. Too steep for me to want to get involved with, but he is averaging about two catches on about two targets per game. He's gone over this one actually in eight out of 10 games as opposed to just six out of 10 with his receiving yards he's gotten at least two catches in eight out of 10 games so look that's why you're seeing it juice to the over minus 150 but consider gibson over 10 and a half receiving yards and over one and a half receptions if you feel so inclined so that's one i think that you should strongly consider let me also talk about a few other props but really some that had significant movements for this game now you always see prop movements throughout the course of the day and Heading into the night, and that's why I always mention, hey, I would play it up to X amount for the number. But tonight, it seems like there's been a lot more movement, I guess, than other nights, or at least that I've noticed more so. I want to talk about Gibson again, but with his rushing yards prop. 70 and a half is where we saw his rushing yards open in a lot of places. This thing is down to as low as 62 and a half in some shops, but Bet Rivers has it at about 65 and a half. Could be kind of a lackluster night in terms of ground production from Gibson. Now, he is averaging 60 rushing yards per game, about four yards per carry. But as we mentioned, I mean, the Seahawks' run defense ain't too shabby. They're ranked ninth in DVOA run defense, and PFF has them third in NFL run defense with their grade. So, look, I get it. Seattle, we like to rag on them with the defensive side of the ball, but up front defensively, not too bad against the run. Uh, they're allowing about 122 rushing yards per game. But Gibson also, when it was higher at about 67 and a half, right around that range, he had been held under that mark in 7 out of 10 games. He's only really had two huge games this season. Washington's offensive line is a little bit banged up as well. Maybe not as profitable of a night for Gibson as you typically would think it would be. And why we bet the over attempts for Heineke, Seattle's pass defense worse than the run defense. I think that's where they really take advantage of Seattle and their defenses in the passing game as opposed to the ground game. So I think there is value, as we've seen with the movement, in fading Gibson in the ground game. Now, I'm not playing it because of how big it's moved, but if you're still comfortable with it, the big movement has been on Gibson from 70 and a half, probably about 65 and a half is consensus, but you've seen it as low as 62 and a half too. On the other side, Seahawks running back Alex Collins, he's gotten some love to the over. His prop opened about 44.5. Now you're seeing it at 47.5. Look, Collins hasn't been necessarily a dynamic back. I mean, he's averaging about 50 rushing yards per game and in spots where he's at least gotten double-digit carries. Washington, they rank 11th in DVOA run defense, allowing opposing tailbacks just 4.1 yards per carry and 98.5 rushing yards per game. Look, we talked about it with Will Hill. I mean, Pete Carroll loves to run the ball. And if they get out to a lead, if they have this game in control at some point, they're just going to keep running it, running it, running it. A lot of people are loving Collins to go over his rushing yards mark. Uh, this one didn't go too crazy, so you still could take advantage of it if it's under 48.5, I would say. 
taking him over 47 and a half. Probably up to there, I think, still could be a viable option. And then finally, another prop that we saw a ton of movement, Russell Wilson and his passing yards, believe it or not. He's been struggling in terms of just offensive consistency, especially since his return from his injury. But 240 and a half is where his passing yards prop open all the way up to 252 and a half at Bet Rivers. He's averaging 223 passing yards per game. Now, he's gone over this prop mark where it's set at in the first three games this season, but otherwise has not done squat since. Washington, though, they do rank 30th in DVOA pass defense, allowing 280 passing yards per game and about 11 yards per pass completion. People are liking Wilson to have a better game. Could be the case. Staying away from it, but we'll see. Important to note out where the movements have been. Overall, we're taking under 47. J.D. McKissick over 27 and a half receiving yards. And like we said, we are also rolling with Heineke over his pass attempts, 32 and a half. Best of luck. Enjoy the game. We'll catch up again tomorrow here on Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.